What's up, y'all? Kevin Wagstaff here. Today's episode was recorded about two weeks ago with JT Edgren. Um, he is just an absolute businessman. I really love him. Just a great guy. Um, very even keeled. Just kind of sees everything from that 10,000 foot view. Um, part of it's who he is. Part of it is the IEB influence uh, in effect. You're noticing probably a trend. Um, getting more folks that are in IEB that are having amazing impacts on their business. So something I encourage everyone to check out, um, just get in touch with me or, or any of our team uh, if you want any introductions. But again, wonderful conversation. Um, enjoyed him a ton. I'll be linking to his contact info in the description. Uh, and as always, thanks for listening. Share the podcast. Let me know if there's uh, guests or anyone else you guys want to see. Um, just really appreciate everybody that, that supports it and listens. Uh, keeps me energized to keep doing it. So thanks and uh, talk to everyone soon. Well, thanks for taking time. Uh, JT, I want you to just kind of introduce yourself to everybody to start um, to give a feeling of, of who you are. We know each other. I want to tell the story in a minute of how we physically met at the IEB conference because it says a lot about you. But yeah, let everyone know who you are. I don't want to do you injustice. Yeah, sounds good. So my name is JT Edgren and I live in Orlando, Florida, and I'm the owner of Central Florida Building Inspectors. Um, we've been around since the mid 80s. My dad actually started the company and uh, he was he's a general contractor back in California. And so he used to build custom homes. And then when they had me, they moved here to Florida. And, you know, home inspections weren't really a thing back in the 70s and 80s. And so right. he just kind of started doing it on the side for friends like, hey, I'm buying this house. Can you come take a look at it? See if you see anything going on. And uh, I think there was actually one other company doing home inspections in Central Florida when they moved here. Mm -hmm. And so he just kind of slowly started. He had a real estate broker's license, too. And so he, he knew the industry. Um, but he just started kind of forming a company. And man, I remember doing inspections coming out of school. They'd pick me up from school and I'd, I'd go <laughs> check outlets when I was probably like 10 years old, right? No and, kidding. Yeah, just running around wow. houses and you know vacant houses and checking things with him. And so I've been doing it for a really long time. Um, officially, I started working with him before I graduated high school even. Mm -hmm. I was able to like leave part-time from school and go work. And so I just went and worked with him. And so that was uh, like 97, 98, I started doing this. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it's 20, 22, 23 years now. Um, and it was always just me and him, either just him, either me or me and him working together. And so I got to, you know, really get to know my dad, work with him, you know, butt heads sometimes. And so it was a really cool experience, though. Um, and then I took the company over in 2009 and mm -hmm. officially um, he had kind of backed out a little bit and just kind of let me do things. And then eventually came the day where I took it over and uh, you know, I was just busting it out there as a solo person and he had stepped out. And so I was just running everything, doing everything, having all those hats on and answering calls when I'm up in the attic and, you know, just working nonstop really yeah. I get up at five in the morning and go to bed at 11 at night after writing reports and, um, at that time, I had met my wife and, uh, well, she was, you know, my girlfriend at the time. And mm -hmm. so uh, she just saw me working all the time and was like, you probably should do something different. And I was like, no, 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 this is how, it, this is how it is, right? Like, like I kind of want a relationship runs. with you. I actually want to spend time with you. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, and, you know, but that's just how I, it always ran with my dad too. We mm -hmm. just worked all the time. And, uh, and so until I got to the point where we started, we got married and had kids I didn't realize like how much I was in this, you know, all the time, just mm -hmm. constantly thinking about it, you know, worrying about things. And so at that point, after we got married, um, I, I brought in somebody uh, to help out and it was my first hire. And uh, I can get into my whole story with hiring people and, and mm -hmm. that type of thing later, but you know, it just has slowly evolved into what it is today. And, um, you know, we're at 14 people in Central Florida building inspectors total. Um, and then I've got my other company, Elite Mold Services. It, I kind of call it the environmental division, but mm -hmm. I started that company back in 2006 uh, just as a side venture um, to kind of separate the two out from, you know, making it a home inspection, a home inspector doing mold testing to an environmental company doing mold and indoor air quality evaluations. And uh, again, we can kind of get into some of the value in that too. But um, and I've got five people over there. So uh -huh. I've got, you know, 19, 18, 18 or 19 people um, that I'm kind of going through and helping out and grow. And so it's been a really interesting process. And this year has been definitely, uh, you know, exciting and scary and all that stuff. But we've actually uh, 
grown a ton this year too. Like my home inspection company has doubled in size since the beginning of the year. Oh my gosh. Um, I've been, been hiring people uh, during, you know, from Zoom calls and, and just, you know, having them go out there on inspections and it's just been great. I mean, it's just been phenomenal. So it's been, it's been a neat ride. Wow. Stories. Congratulations. So much I want to dive into. I, to double in a year, that's dizzying. I know not uncommon with the way, you know, real estate's reacted with COVID. Um, when was your first hire? What year was that? So that probably was 2012, maybe 11 or 12. Wow. What a cool ride. Um, the first thing I noticed, you said you took over the company in 09, right in the middle of like the financial crisis, right? So tell me, take me back there of like what the, what the mentality was, kind of the, the exchange of hands and kind of what you're getting into. Yeah, it was interesting. My, my dad always positioned the company to be very diverse, you know, mm-hmm. like we're, we just didn't do home inspections. We did commercial inspections. We had our termite licenses. We did radon testing. We did mold, you know, as that was starting to like come about, mm-hmm. the mold industry has, has grown a lot in the last uh, decade or two. But um, we did relocation inspections. And so we had a lot of pots to choose from. And so when the market died, took a dove, it was challenging, but we also had other avenues to get business. Um, so it just shifted like the house, the house quality was a lot worse, you know, so we'd be spending double the time on some of these foreclosures and just houses that haven't been maintained. And so that was a, that was a thing for a while you know, just, just going into like really nice houses to going into foreclosures and just pivoting for that. But um, yeah, it was, you know, like we were very fortunate. We had a good imprint in our area, you Mm -hmm. know, so it wasn't like we just started the year before the the housing market burst. So we still had a good amount of referrals that came in and, and that type of thing. So we did good, you know, I think relatively speaking. So it wasn't, wasn't too scary, but uh, yeah, we, we just kind of, you know, made do with what we had. That's great. Um, you know, sometimes some days I'm like, man, our, is our industry truly recession proof because foreclosures happen, home turnover, like velocity happens either way. It seems like yeah. um, COVID's kind of been surprising, even with how strong the real estate market has stayed. Have, take me through this year, what it's been like. Yeah. So <laughs> I had, um, and, and because we had met at IEB, I'll bring them up because they've just been phenomenal, but I started IEB back in October. So it's been actually a year that okay. I've been with them. Um, and so I had started to kind of shift my mindset a little bit on how to build a company. Uh, you know, just, I was in that process of starting to think outside of just what I knew, you know, and starting Mm -hmm. to like really learn different ways of doing things and learning from other people that had already been where I'd been and Mm -hmm. what they needed to do to, to take it to the next level. So, um, when it happened, you know, there was about a week or two of, I was just scared, you know, I mean, really, I just didn't know what was happening. I think that everybody was a little uncertain just from the virus side of things, but then also just from a business side of things too. I didn't know if the markets, the real estate market was just going to completely shut off and it was just going to, you know, freeze up. Um, It was, it was scary, but I also had a lot of good support, you know, and we were able to get through it together as, as a group in IEB. And so that's again, kind of one of those things that I've, I've always learned or I've learned along the way is that there's power in numbers. And so if, if I can have a direct conversation with somebody else that's going through it, obviously it lightens the load uh, for me personally. And then it also gives me some different perspective on things. And so I've been really fortunate that I've had some great mentors and, you know, people that have, we rode through that ride together and you know, it didn't take up everything. Like some inspection companies diverted and went to ozone treatments for COVID and right. you know, they, they like side branched off and that's totally cool. I just, it, it made me realize though that like I needed to stay focused on what we were doing and just really hone in on how we're doing things, how we're reaching out, you know, the messages that we're giving out to our, our clients. Um, and fortunately for Florida, you know, we, we had some shutdowns, but we, people still wanted to work, you know, and it was, I think the, the weird dichotomy with this whole COVID thing was that everybody was at home. And Mm -hmm. so they were realizing, man, I maybe want to live in a different house. And so they were still looking at houses, which turns into inspection. So it was, it was still pretty good. Um, You know, one of the other beneficial things too, is that we had a lot of agents calling us and saying, Hey, my inspector just 
he quit, you know, like he couldn't, he's not doing inspections anymore. Can you help us out? And so we were able to get some market share that way too. Um, but yeah, it's, it was, it was an interesting ride. Again, I hired a lot during COVID, um, with the anticipation of it maybe opening up a little sooner than, you know, things have and getting back right. to normal. But, uh, yeah, so far it's just, we've been riding the wave and we're still at capacity, you know, as a company. Um, I've got challenges today as far as, you know, hiring and training and leadership. And, but those are my big things right now. It's, it's not, you know, where's the next job coming from? It's, can we fill the demand that's there? Yeah. Talk, talk to me a little about how IEB has changed your view on hiring and team and culture. Cause they're, they're fantastic. We've we're mentioned them more and more on the podcast because we're getting people on that, you know, just going to a conference was so refreshing for me. I say that all the time. Like I, it would, it felt like the anti-inspector conference, which is a good thing where it's like, you don't want it boring. You don't want to sit in sessions about electrical panels for, you know, eight hours a day. It opened my eyes to certain things. So I'm, I can only imagine what it, what it's done for you and how you approach your business. Yeah. So I am a huge fan of them. Um, they, again, they changed my mindset on, on a lot of things. Um, Dirk always talks about uh, the things that you don't know, you don't know. And so mm -hmm. there's a lot that I didn't know that I didn't even know. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it was just, again, the power numbers, the, the meeting of minds of the biggest companies, the smallest companies in the industry, you know, us taking a little bit from everybody and giving back also. I think that's what makes it really nice is that everybody is so willing to share what has worked right. and what hasn't worked for them. And again, you know, like most things in life, we, we can either keep butting our heads up against the wall and not learn from our mistakes, or maybe we do. But there's a, an easier way a lot of times, and it's learning from your mistakes, right? Like you share with me what worked for you, and I can either take that and run with it, or I can choose to do it my way. And um, that's been my biggest thing that I've gotten from it. Because they're not equipment focused, they're not, you know, again, really like inspection focused, like how to do an inspection. It's more about building the company that can carry out the inspections. Um, that's been the biggest help for me um, because for, for me as a company, I'm going to operate differently than another company in my market halfway across the country, but I can always learn from people. And so if I just like, you know, step back from my own ego and my own self and just say like, what can you teach me or what can I share with you? It's been so helpful. Um, so I think that's been the biggest thing for me uh, getting from, you know, getting out of IEB um, and then obviously just giving too and just being available for people when I signed up too, they've got different levels. Um, and you know, the builder level is more like one to two people, you know, like a smaller group that's just kind of starting. And, uh, Dirk had talked to me a while and I was like right on the verge of being in the, the smaller group versus the bigger, you know, mm -hmm. uh, entrepreneur group. And so he's like, I'm going to push you out there and get you out of your comfort zone. He's like, you're going to feel like a small fish in a big <laughs> pond. But he's like, if I put you in the other group, you're going to be the one answering all the questions for them. And so I was like, okay, you know, let's do it. Let's give it a shot. And I was really overwhelmed at first, you know, like just coming in from, from my background, like I don't have a business degree. I don't, I, I just learned stuff along the way. And so having all these companies that are running effective companies that are talking about, you know, P and L's and percentages and metrics, and it just was overwhelming at first. But again, being able to kind of step back and say, look, I'm not right. I'm not there right now, but I'm going to listen. And then if I do need that help later, I know exactly where to go to ask. Um, so it's been a big growing process for me. And again, along the way, I've been able to like share other things that we've developed too with other people that have helped them. So, I mean, that's been my biggest thing. Um, I always tell my, my inspectors that it's not, it's not the job that you're doing, like the technical side of things that you're doing. Like everybody's trained for the most part in the same way nowadays. Like we all have access to InterNACHI and ASHI, ASHI and all these training modules and everything. And so you're going to get a different inspection from one inspector to another to some degree, but we all have access to the same knowledge, right? So I always tell my guys, it's about the relationships that we forge with our clients, with our realtors that separates us out you know, right. as far as like, why would we get that referral the next time? Um, it's just, it's a different mindset. You know, like if you think about personally, like why do you refer somebody? Maybe you have an AC guy that you love or a mm -hmm. carpet cleaner guy that you love. 
it's because you have some sort of connection with them, right? Like you, you connect with them on some level, you like them as a person. They may, obviously they need to do a good job, right? Like a decent job so that it gets the job done. But you have like, when you really like people, you have this intense passion of sharing with others, their services. At least I do. I don't know if that's the same way for you. 1000%. And what I love, I love how you describe that because I think it's, it raises the bar in our industry to get past just the technician mindset and just the, Hey, I, I give you your report and we're done here. I had a water heater put in a month or two ago and the couple that did it, they kind of stuck around for a minute or two after we finished and we talked about their kids, talked about the, you know, our local area and just that five minutes made me feel more connected to them. And so then I think I mentioned them on next door when someone needed a referral and it's just those little things. And when you say like, yeah, pretty much any competent plumber HVAC company will put in a water heater pretty much the same way. Right. I think that, hits at the, do you think that hits at the ego of home inspectors because they're like, Oh, no one can check that outlet like me or no one, you know, no one's going <laughs> to see the things I see when it's like, well, there's, there's lots of guys that'll probably see the things you see in reality, but it's the other things that make you different. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, again, there, there needs to be a, a level playing field of competency. You know, right. some, some people are going to have strengths. Like if you've got a guy with a background in framing or HVAC, they're going to excel in that area of inspecting. Right. right? Um, but again, it's, it's about developing the relationships with the people. Uh, I, I do immense training with, you know, what we do prior to the inspection, getting there, you know, reaching out to them, just making that initial call on the way to the inspection to the client, just so that they can hear your voice and just right. say, Hey, this is, I'm the inspector. Like, I'm going to take good care of you. What are your concerns? Um, are you going to be present at the inspection? Like setting the, setting the tone getting there, making sure that you're organized before you get out of the car, like all those little things that, you know, we form opinions of people within the first few seconds of seeing them. And so, you know, like if you yeah. walk out and your shirt's untucked and you don't have your cards and your clipboard's a mess or, you know, whatever, it doesn't present well. And so they instantly lose credibility and even trust too. And so I, I spend a lot of time with that. Like that's obviously one side of things. Like they need to be able to go in and do an effective job in an appropriate amount of time and do a, a good thorough inspection. Um, you know, talking to clients throughout the process, getting to know them, you know, like the, the, the old acronym Ford, like family, occupation, recreation, and dreams. Like those are some good, you know, talking points. Like, hey, tell me about your family. Where are you guys moving from? Like you, you can develop a, a working relationship with somebody and get to know them really well. Um, I've, got, I, I've got one inspector that's just phenomenal at doing this. And he got a handwritten note from a realtor thanking him for the help on the inspection and, you know, let him know like it closed on this day and she hand wrote it and sent it to our office. And like just that connection right there is so huge that a realtor would take the time to like say thank you for your help. And that's what I'm talking about. Like, that's what we have to really train with people. And, and there's nothing wrong with having a single man operation with, you know, one extra person and just being super technical. Like, that's what got me to um, get referred by other people. But again, if we're talking about like creating a company that's going to thrive and that if you do want it to grow, you have to develop those skills, you know, like right. that's, that's huge. Um, and you guys know that too. I mean, you guys have such an amazing team there too. Oh man. It's, it's, it's all the little things, all the intangibles um, that add up because they're hard to measure. So I get why very technician minded people don't like it or don't want, you know, cause you can't touch it. You know, you can't touch how you make someone feel. And um, I just love the, you know, whatever, whatever saying it is of people won't remember kind of what you told them or what's in the report, but they'll remember how you made them feel. And uh, that's huge, right? With buying a home. Anyone that's bought a home knows how emotionally taxing it is. Yeah, it's definitely such a charged uh, environment. You've got all these different uh, players in this one real estate deal. And, you know, the real estate agents look at us as a, a, a roadblock. The buyers are looking at us as the professional to let them know, like, is this a good place to buy? Um, you've got the sellers that have their interests in getting things done. And, you know, like there's just all these different personalities and different you know, competing forces against each other. And so again, just having that um, emotional intelligence and the wherewithal to kind of like, say, like reading people, you, you, I work with my guys again on like different personality types and behavior types, just so that you're not 
some people just want it like very down and dirty. Like tell me the, 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 the minimum, you know, that I can get by with my decision. And then some people are very detail oriented. And so if you have somebody that just wants it down and dirty and you're going into every single little detail, you're going to frustrate them and they're going right. to walk away going, Oh my God, that was so like unneeded. And the guy just talked forever. So, you know, again, developing that stuff has been a big part of my journey over the last few years of adding inspectors into the group. Um, it's been a big development for me as well. It's just like being, you know, the, the personal growth side of things too. So oh, it's, it's been gosh. cool. The mirroring is a, such an underrated and under talked about skill in our industry. And, um, you know, some old school home inspectors are, they're rigid. I do things my way. I am who I am. And I, there's some, I get some of that to a degree, but then this is also a social business and service oriented business. And if someone's an engineer, they're not going to want to maybe be as fluffy and talk, you know, they, they probably want the details and you got to cater to that. Yeah. One of my things too, with my company and my culture is that I, I instill in the people and my, my team that we don't ever talk bad about other companies, right? Mm -hmm. Like that I, I'm not in, that's not our, our area that we want to get into everybody. Can, there's a room enough for everybody. And there's always, a, there's going to be enough for everybody to get a little piece of the pie. And so right we just don't want to put anybody else down in that process, but everybody's going to approach things differently. And I think that it goes back to like the limiting factors on like where you can take your business. And again, some people are perfectly fine with doing two inspections a day, um, five days a week by themselves. They get to keep all the money. They, they don't have to deal with payroll and you know, all these other things, HR and, and that type of stuff. And that's totally cool. And I was there for 15 15 years, basically, you know, and that's what we did. But um, when I started having kids, I've got a five-year-old boy and a two-year-old boy. It was just, I just realized that like, this is a huge time in their life. And I don't want to be that guy that's out there from 5 a.m. till 11 p.m. just not paying attention to them. And so I had to make some personal changes and business changes. And, you know, fortunately, I've been able to get such an amazing team to where we're able to fill in those gaps. Um, I still, I still wear a lot of hats, you know, like I'm still working on developing my company out to where I can have other people doing certain things that I do, but it is, it is a, um, it's a huge difference. You know, I'm able to stay home a lot of times with the kids and, and just work on the company versus working in the company. And, uh, it, that's how we grow as a company, right? Like you need to set that time aside to work on the company and to do those projects that make the company better. Huge. I want, let's drill into that because I think that's a big IEB kind of um, foundational pillar is you're holding, you're the bottleneck. Um, and so yeah. talk to me about either your, talk to me about that first hire. Cause I think the, the typical thing I hear from the solo. So this question's for the busy solos out there that are just swamped. They're turning away inspections, but they're scared to hire. And the typical thing is, I don't know if I'll have to drive enough business to keep this person busy, which is the not the right mindset because that's a limiting belief, limiting mindset. So talk to me about how you approached stepping out a little more on the diving board to say, okay, this is needed to grow. Yeah. I, I, you know, my dad did come from that mindset. Like nobody's going to do it as good as, as we are. And mm -hmm. so we, we tried hiring people along the way through his, when he was running it and it just didn't work out. Um, it was a big step for me. I'm a little bit of a control freak freak. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I have my ways of doing things, but I was at my first hire. I got him straight out of uh, home inspector school. And so he just graduated and was super eager, a uh, young kid, you know, a little bit younger than me. And so we were able to kind of like, he just teamed up with me for a long time. And so he got to know the way that I did things. He had his own flares on things, which was great. People loved him. He had a great, you know, approach to things. And, the thing that hurt is that I built up that company to handle us too. And so eventually he was doing his own stuff. I was doing my own stuff. And then he ended up getting a, a transfer out of the area for his wife's job. And so he ended up moving. And so I was left with this company and a new wife. I think she was pregnant at the time and I had enough too much work for just me. And so I, I kind of freaked out, you know, and I had this moment of like, how could you do this to me? I didn't say this to him, but I was like, <laughs> okay, okay. Like, that's fine. Like I wish you the best, but you know, inside I was just, cringing and I was really nervous. And, um, I said, you know what? I spent a lot of time with him building him up. I can do it with somebody else. And right. so I ended up hiring my next guy. Um, 
And so we built up that relationship in the same way. My training back then for inspectors is so, it was so ineffective compared to how it is now. <laughs> you know, it just took so much longer and cost a lot more money. But I wasn't in that mindset of like, hey, we need to get this train, you know, training process through as quick as possible. It was more like, hey, I want him to do it exactly like I do. What was it like? What did that training look like? Then. It was it was essentially just riding along with like me shadow and me as close as possible and do shadow me in like, the beginning and then you would go off and branch off and do your own part of the inspection. I'd send them on exterior and roof and then I would go out and do it and then just do a quality control check on it. We'd walk it together. Eventually, we would just split things up and then he would do his thing. I would do my thing and I, as I felt more and more comfortable with him. And this was probably over you know six months or so maybe even a little bit more. Kind of the traditional way. Traditional. Yeah, traditional way. Uh, you know, maybe even nine months before I really just said, hey, go ahead and go do your own thing. But it, it was uh, uncomfortable. You know, it's a lot of uncomfortability with, with that type of thing. But um, as things have progressed too, we've developed a, an amazing training manual. My wife was awesome with developing that like digitally. Um, so we've got a 12-week training process now that breaks down every section of the home. Our trainers go through that and we just have our trainees work on that section just for the week. So if it's roof, they're just pounding every roof possible during that, that training week. And then the next week, if it's, you know, exterior, they're doing roof and exterior and it slowly starts to build and we have it set up. So it's like the easier stuff first and mm -hmm. then they get confidence and we have them working in Spectora in about two week two or three, just to mm -hmm. get familiar with how you're putting things in. And so, yeah, we've just built this up over the time, but you know, again, it was just flying by the seat of my pants originally. <laughs> yeah. What, um, were there things you did either, you know, it could be one of the, the first hire, one of the first couple to address the whole, gosh, I, cause you were busy. It sounds like, so it sounds like you had work for them to do, but inevitably there's going to be kind of white space and open time for any new hire. Did you even worry about that? Or were you just like, I'm so busy and not spending time where I need to, I don't care if there's a capacity that I need to fill. Yeah. It, it, you know, it would have been flowed that, that time of the business uh, as far as busyness goes. And I'd felt, I would feel terrible if an inspection canceled and he wouldn't have anything to do, but I would try to build them up and say, look, this is the time to work on training certifications, other things that you can really just hone in on and to make yourself more valuable. And, and that's always been a, a consistent theme because it's been running through our business as far as our, our value that we provide, um, you know, to, to, I'm, just to go down like our list of credentials, like we do residential home inspections, we do commercial buildings, we just did a, like a 400,000 square foot office space the other day. Like we, we do every kind of commercial space, I've done some industrial. Um, I'm a, a certified pest control operator and so mm -hmm. I can license all of my guys under my license for doing termite inspections, mm -hmm. WDO inspections. So we do those in-house before we were licensed with another company. Um, but I brought that in-house um, sewer scopes again, kind of being the control freak that I am. We used to sub it out a little bit, yeah. you know, and, and I just, it wasn't that anything happened bad. It was just some scheduling weirdness. Like, Hey, they can't get out there at that time during the inspection. So I'm like, okay, this is my MO. I just, I take it on immediately and I start, we'll figure it out as we go. And so, you know, now we're doing sewer scopes in house. Um, we're a radon business. And so Florida doesn't have a ton of radon, but we do a lot of mandatory testing for radon here that is required for like schools and nursing okay. homes and other things. Um, we do mold obviously. Um, and I, again, I started that other company too. Um, and then water testing. Um, the only thing we really don't do is asbestos and lead, but everything else, you know, we, we basically handle wind mitigations, four points, all the insurance type inspections. And so we're, we're pretty busy across the board, but that's been the thing that I've, I've really just honed in on my guys getting back to the training is like, you have to make yourself valuable. If, if you're just a home inspector nowadays, you're limited to just doing home inspections. And so, it, you know, it goes from a $300 project, if you have all those other credentials, now you're going to be the one, you know, if you have your drone license, now you're going on the big properties that you can't get up ladders, you know, to the second floor. And so, you know, your $300 job may be now an $800 job or a thousand dollar job just because of those extra qualities and licenses. And so it's just been, I try to push all my guys that way because I know it's so valuable, you know, to, to knowledge is power and knowledge is money too. Oh, that's great mentorship. Um, you know, that's, that's something we, I try to tell our team is, yeah, you got to have a, a scale of specialty and keep growing growth mindset. Um, how important has been diversification for your business? Because 
I hear that question a lot of like, oh, should I get into X, Y, and Z? And the answer, like, the answer is always yes, right? Like for the <laughs> most part, I mean, one size doesn't always fit all, but gosh, for revenue, for profit margins, like we don't talk enough about these very real factors. Yeah. You know, there's almost this like, it's wrong to talk about profit or making more money, but it's like, if these are services people need, bring them in house and do them you know, yeah, for, profit sure. for your business. Yeah. I think it does go back to, to the business model and like how they're structured, because if you have an ineffective business and you're barely managing your home inspections to add all this extra stuff, it's going to take a lot of time away from what you probably should be doing is working on your company mm -hmm. um, to make it more streamlined. But I think when you bring, bring in anything, it's going to probably magnify whatever's going on in the company. So like if you have, again, a disorganized company and you start bringing in extra services, it's going to magnify it and it's going to be completely unmanageable. Great point. So while I fly by the seat of my pants a lot of times, I still have done enough research to write really, is this something that we can do? You know, like realistically, like if somebody, you know, wants a sewer scope on every inspection, can we handle that? You know, it's not a reality, but I mean, I kind of plan for that stuff. So, and that that's only come from really just like learning from people in IED. Like you gotta, you gotta crawl before you walk, but you know, you also have to dream a little bit too in the process and like say like, this is what I want to do. How can I make it happen? And it's like that old adage of like walking out onto a boat. Like you don't want to just walk out blindly off of a dock. You want to make sure that the boat's there. And so I think that kind of goes hand in hand with bringing in extra services, but it does make you valuable. You know, like it's, I, I think that realtors, homeowners, they'd rather just call one company and know that they have one point of contact. They can order everything that they need from there. And it works out much easier for everybody. I think at that point. Totally huge. Cause realtors don't oftentimes don't understand all these different ancillaries. They just, they know something needs to be done. They just want to come to you and say, JT handle it. Yeah. Um, let's talk more about some, some things you wish you would have known a year, two years ago. Um, you know, it can be missteps, but also any growth, um, any growth hacks or tips that you've kind of picked up along the way. Cause it's, it's been quite a ride. I imagine these last couple of years. So let's yeah. start on the positive side first. So what, what are some of the keys I think that have catapulted you and helped you grow over these last couple of years? Yeah. So the, the, I would say that the biggest thing is definitely carving out the time to really figure out where, where you want to go, like having a vision, you know, like we talk mm -hmm. about vision a lot in yeah. today's society, but like really honing that in and figuring out like, where do I want to take my company? Cause if I want to take it to a, a multi-inspector firm, I have to start doing the things that a multi-inspector firm owner would be doing. And so it may be, I think the biggest struggle that inspectors have is pulling themselves out of the field. Right. And so at a small scale, when it's one or two guys, it may just be an afternoon or it could be two afternoons a week where you just purposely, purposely don't schedule anything. Um, you know, it could be a full day, maybe just take a Wednesday and Hey, I'm out of the field and I'm working on the company. So that's been probably the biggest, um, change for me to allow me that opportunity to get away from the hustle and bustle. Cause it, it, I always tell my guys like, you have to do stuff first thing in the morning if you're going to probably get it done because the, the needs of the day carry away and it just oh, yeah. it snowballs, you know? And so I'm also a big proponent of getting up early. Um, you know, what, whatever that looks like for you, for me, it's 5am before the kids get up and before the, everything starts, you know, ringing and emails <laughs> start going. And I take that time for myself, you know, like from a, a personal health standpoint, you know, whether it's exercising, meditating, um, just really kind of calming myself down and realizing, you know, what do I need to focus on? Um, I've got uh, an app that I love using. It's called things. And so I put all my, my to do's in there. I prioritize them. I've got different things coming up for certain days. Another thing too, that happens a lot of times is like we bite off more than we can chew and then we get discouraged, you know, like we just have these long, huge to-do lists and it's like, okay, I'm just going to work on one thing this day. And if I get it done, great. If I need to push it off to the next day, that's fine. But let's really focus on like one thing today or two things. Oh, I love that you bring that up. I have to jump in because I listened to, I listened to this podcast called My First Millions, kind of tech oriented and um, talked about business building and entrepreneurship. And he called it the OBT, the one big thing. And he goes, mm. he's a big proponent. Um, this guy, Sean Puri, he says, to-do lists are overrated, throw them out they just make you feel like shit every day. Cause you don't, you never get to the bottom of it and it just keeps growing. And he said, wake up early, figure out your, your OBT, your one big thing to move the business, 
and you get that done and then everything else is icing on the cake. And that just that mental shift gives you positive momentum as opposed to, Oh, I only did one out of these 20 things. Crap. Like I'm behind. And then we bury ourselves. Right. And I think inspectors are very guilty of that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. We have so, again, we have so many hats that we're wearing as inspectors. And so we, you know, we're the marketing person, we're the phone answerer, we're the inspector, we're the, you know, follow up. Like, it's just, it's so much, you know, and I I don't know of any other industry where it's like that. Maybe it is, you know, if you own a retail store or something, but it's just, it's intense, you know, because it just gets to be too much. And so setting that time aside has probably been my biggest help in developing the company. Even, even if I did want to keep it small, it would, I would still need that, you know, cause mm-hmm. when you're just running and doing inspections, like you can't, again, you, things go by the wayside and you just miss opportunities. You miss updates to the website that could have, you know, helped bring in new customers or whatever it is. Uh, you just don't have that opportunity to do it. So I think that's been my biggest thing. Um, surrounding myself with people that are like-minded and that are going in the direction that I want to go is, is helpful. Like, huge. Um, I, I just, you know, you can feel it when you're around somebody with a different kind of energy, uh, you know, you're up here and they're down here and they end up bringing you down here. You're like, Oh man, I just don't feel good. When I, but when you're with the right people, they really boost you up. And so like another big benefit of IEB is the coaching calls and just the other things, just the accountability and being there. Like we just did one yesterday and it was just about like quarter four planning and quarter one looking ahead. And so just that, that little simple thing that I never did years ago, I never thought about what do I need to do in this quarter, you know, planning for Christmas stuff and bonuses and planning for the first, first of the year stuff. What are we going to be bringing in and changing? That is such a huge, and again, it can be scaled at the one to two person per, you know, business or the 50 inspector business. You have to do that stuff to keep yourself in the right direction. And so those probably are my biggest things that have helped me out, you know, and, and just where I've gone so far. Um, I've got hopes to go, you know, even further. So yeah. I'm not satisfied yet. <laughs> so, I love it. Yeah. I love it. I want to add on to two of those things because um, for one, carving out time to work on the business, me and Mike have to do it ourselves. For inspectors, I want to let them know that you're not saying no to money. Like if you block it out ahead of time, what are the chances that the person that or the realtor or the client that wants that specific spot, that's the very last day, but before the deadline, it's going to be okay if you block it out and they jump to the next day. You know, if you block out Thursday, okay, your next open availability on your online schedulers on Friday. So you're not saying no to money. You're just kicking out that one job one day, you know, and everything kind of moves out one day. So I think inspectors have the idea that they're saying no to money. It's like, no, you're just kind of deferring that inspection a day and that's it. Yeah. And then you give yourself two hours. And then the second thing is um, with COVID now, I want everyone listening to think about the online communities they're putting themselves in and the kind of people and energy. Cause you just mentioned surround yourself with like-minded energy and people that are maybe a step above you. And that can mean business-wise that can mean personal, that can mean energy. Sure. And I just know Facebook can suck you in to some very, <laughs> some very negative places. And so I want everyone to kind of evaluate when you go into certain groups or you talk to certain people, are they adding energy? Are they additive to your life and your business or are they taken away from it? You know, and I think IEB, their community is great. We try to keep our Facebook group kind of in that same realm. There's, you know, we're trying to, maybe we'll split off other ones for different groups of people that are in the same mind space. Yeah. Um, But boy, it's easy to run away from you online. Yeah, it really is. And you know, it also does it, it, if you put too much on other people to change you, that can be an issue because they they may let you down because you haven't changed enough personally. And so I think also just like working on yourself and making sure that you know how to spot the winners, right? Like if I've got a bad you know picker, I'm going to pick the wrong people. <laughs> so yeah, it's, yeah. it's also continual personal growth and just like trying to better yourself internally. And it does help though around being around certain people because they will level you up you know, and that's, yeah. that's a big thing. Um, oh man. Looking inward. I mean, how, how we can never, like, we can't all do that enough. Right. We, like, that's an underrated thing of looking inward to see what we can improve. Yeah. Um, let's talk about pitfalls. What, 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 <laughs> what do you wish you knew then that you know now that may have saved you money, time, headaches? Yeah, I think that the biggest thing that I've learned is the hiring process as far as like issues that we've had come up. Uh, 
the way that I hired five years ago or three years ago or even two years ago was a lot different than how I hire now. Mm -hmm. um, I always tell people when I talk to them because a lot of inspectors come to us and they're like, hey, I got a license. I want to get going. First thing I tell them is like, that's great. Um, we're not looking for a heartbeat and a license. Like we don't, that's not what we're looking for. We want to make sure that you're going to fit in with our team. So it's, it's a process to hire to yeah. us. Um, we've got some tools that we use for, you know, behavioral assessments to kind of figure out like, we don't want an inspector that's a huge extrovert and isn't detail oriented and isn't methodical. Like it's not going to work out, you know, we're going to yeah. set them up for failure. And so if that person doesn't fit a certain type of mold, there's going to be a lot of uncomfortability on their end. They're going to be dissatisfied. They're not going to have a good product in the end. And so really matching up the behaviors with what the job profile kind of entails, mm -hmm. um, you know, again, having a marketing person that's supposed to go out and talk to real estate agents and stuff, that's an introvert and that doesn't like being around people and that isn't friendly. I mean, it's just not going to work, you know? Yeah. So that's been a big thing. I haven't had too many mishires um, along the way, but I just, it's been more like, Hey, do I get along with this person? Do we kind of see things the same way? Like, can they do a good job? Are they reliable? And those were kind of like my big credentials years ago, you know, and, and it's just so short-sighted. Um, so for us, our hiring process looks a lot different now. You know, we have an initials call just to make sure that they're like competent and not, you know, a jerk. <laughs> right. Is that with <laughs> you, know, you and or is that with someone on your team? That's somebody else. So okay. that's one of my admins that does that. Cool. And then I do a phone screening where I just kind of get to know them again, make sure that they, f we get along well, that we fit kind of in our same mentality. Um, and then we do um, an ABA profile and then we do, which is a behavioral assessment. We get to know them. They do it. We get the report back and then That's I spend ABA? like an hour. Yeah. A ABA. Yeah. I think I've heard of that one. Yeah. Um, mm. And so we get to know them from a behavioral standpoint. And so then I go through that with another hour long interview with them just to like go through it, see if it's on point. Um, and then have another follow-up interview just to make sure we've got all the questions out of the way, get references. A lot of times we don't even really get into the money side of things, but some of the inspectors they want to know right out of the gate, but right. you know, like I want somebody that's also going to be on board with our vision and make sure that they're, they're fully bought into our company and we can work out the money. Like it's, you know, we give them general ideas, but like, that's not what it's about for me. Um, and right. if that's all that it's about for, for the person, I know that that's a huge side of things. So I always make sure that we're in the same ballpark, but if it's not, uh, if it's just about the money, it's again, it's not going to work. Yep. Um, so that, that's probably been one of my biggest learning or, or sticking points. Um, Probably just, you know, also like one of the bigger things that I've had to deal with or, or learn is to separate myself out when I need to from the company um, and allow people to kind of make mistakes, you know? Ah. And so I tend to jump in a lot, you know, being again, the, the sole person that kind of built this thing up. I want to fix everything. And I could see a difference in some inspectors and the ones that I've done that with in, initially versus the ones that I've trained a little bit differently, like as far as the feedback um, and just the amount of questions that come back to me. Mm -hmm. uh, one of my big things now is like, hey, if you're going to bring a, a problem to us, whether it's in the admin side or marketing or whatever, I want you to bring at least one or two solutions. And we can talk about like where if this is a good option or not, and then why they think it is. And so it's a learning experience for, for them, for me. And then I've also empowered them to then make better decisions and to feel more confident in themselves moving forward. So coddling was probably you know, a big, <laughs> big yep. pain point for me. <laughs> yep. I laugh at that because it's, it's Mike and I joke and talk about this a lot of you, you, you know, the answer to something and you see the question and you kind of have to let people swim on their own a little bit. And it's the hardest thing to do because you yeah. just want to jump in and fix it. Um, but people don't work those muscles, you know, your inspectors maybe don't work that problem solving muscle or that, um, persistence muscle that we yeah. have to kind of let them work. So I love hearing that. Yeah. Um, so hiring a challenge nowadays, what, what other, what other challenges do you face? And this can be personally or with the business. I'm just kind of curious what's going on in your head of, yeah, t today, uh, work-life balance is still difficult. Um, just, we actually have another baby on the way. So oh, congrats. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. We, it's a girl. So we're excited. Oh, and I'm that's telling perfect. people it's, it's not our third child. It's our last child. Like this is, we're done. <laughs> <laughs> but, but two big well, brothers can look after little sister. It's good. I'm hoping so. Yeah. Good cadence. Yeah. Yeah. So we've got that going on. So again, just kind of planning ahead for that. Um, at the beginning of the year to just 
you know, have everybody kind of fully on board so that I can take some time and help out my wife and help out our family. Um, For us as a business, I think the biggest things right now, it's not so much hiring because I've got that system. It's very stressful time for me still just making sure that I feel like I'm getting the right person in the right seat. But the processes that we have in place are are pretty good for that. Um, The training is also very good. I feel really confident in our training abilities. We can have two, two trainees at any time now moving forward. And so We've got two currently in, in training, um, so that'll make eight inspectors. And as soon as those get out, I have plans to probably at least hire one more. A little hesitant on the market, you know, again, just with COVID and everybody being out of work. And I just, there's, I don't know if it's just an, a self-limiting belief, but I'm also a little nervous just about, you know, blowing it out still, just because I want to see like what's going to happen, you know, when this stuff, uh, the election gets done just a little, a little tap on the brakes, you know, not again, not turning the car around at all. Uh, but I, I plans to at least get up to maybe 14 inspectors, 12 to 14 inspectors next year is my goal. So that would be good. But um, I think leadership is always a big deal, you know, for us uh, just developing the leaders. Cause you know, I have to pour into my leadership team and then they have to pour into their people that they're, you know, leading And so it's not something that happens overnight. And so again, just kind of working through problems as they come up and different scenarios that happen is is always something that's challenging because it's, it may not come for a month or two. And then all of a sudden we get pounded with like three or four issues that are big issues right out of the gate, you know, all together. I mean, and so working on leadership and finding again, people that can kind of take a lot of stuff off my hands is probably one of the biggest things that I'm, I'm, it's not even a, you know, I'm going through, it's more of like a challenge right now is just building up people within the company. Um, I've never hired outside of the company for like a leadership position. Right. Um, currently, I've just been bringing people up in the company to kind of take on those roles. But uh, I still, again, I'm still wearing a lot of hats. Um, my other company, my mold company is I'm still a little bit more in that right now. I haven't built that out uh, like I have CFBI. So that takes more of my time as well, because I haven't built that up. But um, yeah, those are probably my biggest things is just kind of rearranging the seats and the people in them and, you know, getting yeah. everybody on board with where we're going. Developing leaders uh, is so rewarding and challenging. And so, you know, when you're, for anyone that's had a job, you're always like, well, what do managers do? Or what is the, you know, what do these executives do? They're sitting in their office, you know, hanging out. It's like, well, okay, I get it now because time spent with your lead inspectors or your future leaders is time building them up. How do you, how did you, or how do you identify those leaders? Do you kind of have an open call to say, Hey, anyone interested in kind of getting in leadership, let me know. Or do you just say like, Hey, I know what I see in people. Yeah, it's a good question. So I think you can spot, like if you're in tune with that stuff and, and know where you want to go and what type of leadership position you're looking for, you can definitely spot certain characteristics, mm-hmm. but um, I make it an open call. Like I mean, you know, I'll say, Hey, look, this is where our company is right now. And this is where I want it to go. And I've got these seats that I need to fill. And so I go through everything with everybody and say, these are going to be the responsibilities. And then it comes back to their actions. So like, if I don't see the actions being taken to develop into that person to take it or the initiative to ask questions, or I just had one inspector the other day, just text me and say, Hey, I really want to talk about some leadership opportunities. Can we meet up? I just had breakfast with them and I was able to get into some of that stuff, like just surface level stuff initially. But that's the type of stuff that I'm looking for because if you don't have the desire to do it, it's not, it's not ever going to happen. And I'm not going to push somebody into that position. I love that framework that, you know, that was partly a selfish question because I like, I want to know how you think of it because we're, (laughs) you know, in terms of, Hey, these are the seats that I'm looking to fill with where we're going. It's open, you know, for anyone that is interested in kind of working their way towards that. Um, Yeah. Love that. Um, what, cause you've seen the industry change. I mean, gosh, you've been in it since basically it's infancy, right? So your dad was probably carbon copy pen and paper, right? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. We had the initial (laughs) copy (laughs) sheets and you've seen it all (laughs) and kind of grown up in the tech generation too. So like, obviously we know the changes, you know, up until now and technology and the way things are done. Um, do you think forward and ahead of kind of what's in store? Like, do you think of always staying on the cutting edge of innovation and things, or do you think, Hey, our industry just kind of moves at a glacier pace and um, we just kind of have to pay a little attention to stay ahead of trends. 
Yeah, I'm kind of mixed on this. So I feel like, um, you know, there's always going to be what they call disruptors and people that come in. You guys have talked about it on your podcast. Um, I mean, I would consider you guys a disruptor in the industry. I mean, just mm -hmm. from in a good way, you know, for us, uh, for another home inspection software company, you guys are, you know, not good uh, mm -hmm. for them. But I mean, I have seen a lot of iterations of different things coming in. And I think that you're always, I don't know, my personal take is I don't think we can ever do this remote. I think we're always going to need boots on the ground, yep. have to be present. Um, so I think really the disruptors or the, the changes in the industry that are probably going to be coming are going to be the bigger companies that are going to be gobbling up other companies. I've been approached before from another large company to ask, you know, can we, can we acquire you that type of thing? And so there's going to be a conglomeration of, of bigger companies coming in to do that. And there's always going to be room for the one or two man operations. You know, it's, it's, it, there's going to be enough there, but if you're not looking ahead to that side of things and developing your company out to where you don't get sandwiched out of it, um, you're probably going to get, you know, either acquired or you're going to get pushed out of business because you don't have enough. Um, I don't really spend a whole lot of time thinking of like trends and stuff out there. I know that, you know, for our business, we're working on what we're, what we need to work on today, what we need to work on next year. I've got, you know, goals for every quarter written out. Like I know that type of stuff. I have kind of an idea of maybe where I want to be in a few years, but other than that, I don't look too far out and I just really focus on like, Hey, how can we improve what we're doing today? Um, my biggest thing is simplicity. Like I hate complications. Um, I, I, I hate complicated ways of running metrics and doing payroll. And I just want it as simple as possible. So like, uh, that's one of my biggest things is like trying to take what we're doing now and can we make this more effective and can we make it quicker and can we give a better product and you know, to the client. Um, so that's been my thing. I, you know, for just to shout out to you guys, I mean, I know I shared with this, uh, share with you at IED how much you guys changed our lives, like me personally, and then also my inspectors lives. And, I was joking with one of my guys yesterday that the new guys that are coming in, they're just using Spectora. They have no clue what it was like beforehand. <laughs> but, I, yep. mean, we would, I would go out, you know, and we do our inspections with a camera on our, our uh, waist and take photos and just have to remember all of the pictures. You know, we do little back photos with our picture, our finger pointing mm -hmm. to what it is in the overview of the room. And we go home and spend, I would spend sometimes just as much time on the computer writing the report as I would on site. And so just kudos to you guys for coming in and really just developing a product that has changed our lives and given our inspectors our nights and weekends back. And just, I mean, the, the ripple effect that you guys have had for us has, it's given me chills talking about, it, but has been huge for, you know, quality family time for like having the ability to like reset and not have to be working on things all the time um, has just been such a big, help for us in our industry. And so I just want to thank you for that because that's been such a, uh, a huge game changer for us. Oh, man, that, and it never gets old hearing that for one. And Mike and I always say like, that's what fills us up and, and keeps us like really vigilant on what else can there be? You know, what else can we do to keep you guys efficient and high quality and put you in the best light? Cause when you guys win, we win and you know, and, and we're kind of slowly making this industry better and raising the bar. And I think okay. companies as professional as you and a lot of these others in IEB are doing amazing things for the industry because when you talk about price points and just how inspectors are perceived, it's changing, um, you know, on one end of the spectrum. And so I want to see that professional bar continue to go up and how agents view inspectors change. Um, that's obviously a much bigger sea change and, um, you know, professionalizing of our industry. Yeah. So, well, speaking of agents too, it, it's kind of interesting, like our company has morphed a lot too in, in how we market. Like we were very referral based and digitally present for, for our marketing um, with the, you know, obviously we partnered with, partnered, I don't know if that's the right word, but you know, we worked with agents that loved us. Mm -hmm. um, as we've continued to grow to keep the seats, you know, to keep the inspections coming in, we've had to go out and market more to realtors. And so it's not my strong suit. I don't like doing it, but I've got a great person in there that's able to do it. And so we were able to reach those agents, but it kind of goes back to our original conversation about like, how are we making everybody feel at the house? Like we're not going to be a good fit for every realtor out there in central Florida. I mean, it's just impossible. Like mm -hmm. we're, we go after the agents that genuinely care for their clients and they want the best possible inspections. Um, and so 
that's our bread and butter for our agents. And again, developing those relationships with people, with our agents has been a huge game changer too. Um, and just making sure that we're, you know, meeting their needs to, to whatever degree we can, but ultimately realizing that our clients are still the ones paying us. So we are taking good care of our clients with also being respectful to everybody else in the transaction too. And so if you can kind of get away from that, like, us against them and like, you know, the selling agent's going to hate us or the listing agent, excuse me, is going to hate us because we're out there tearing up the house, but treating them as a human, realizing what their goals and, and ambitions are for you being out at the house and like just helping the process is, is a big change. I think that needs to happen in the industry in some areas. Um, because again, with the technician mindset, you can, you need that to do the job properly, but you also have to realize that there's a personal side of this that needs to be addressed as well. And if you don't hit that, it's not going to, you're not going to be perceived well. You know? And you can only, feel free to only share what you know, you're comfortable with on this, but is that a lot of kind of what goes into the marketing pitch when you're, when your growth person's talking to agents, is it more on that side of how we communicate and manage the transaction or manage that part of the transaction as opposed to, Hey, we have fancy the newest thermal camera and Hey, we're thorough. We check 362 things, you know, is it yeah. more geared towards the human side? I think that when they have an experience with our company, they realize that side of things, but then there's also the agents that are wowed by that. You know, ultimately real estate agents are salespeople at heart for the most mm -hmm. part, you know, so they're looking for, I mean, we've had so many people just be impressed that we do thermal imaging because half the people out there, I guess, don't do it. And we just oh, included okay. on all our inspections. Yeah. So we have, you know, we have our USPs our, our selling points that we use that are, you know, differentiate us. So again, that's something that we can work, I can work on as a company owner is like what sets us apart from, you know, another company. And that's the stuff that you work on in that time at home or time at the office. Like you gotta, you gotta build your company up. But um, to get back to your question, our marketing guy is, is, about the getting us in front of the agents, letting us do presentations, um, letting them know what sets us apart. But also the big thing with real estate agents that we found is that we wanna make sure that we're hitting uh, what they need and how we can make their lives easier. So, you know, whether it's lockbox capabilities, same day reporting, you know, whatever the, the thing is that mm -hmm. can help make them and give them their nights and weekends back so they're not fumbling through a, 300 page home inspection report, like, Hey, here's this repair request builder, you know, let's walk through on how to use it. Like just helping the agents out again, helps us out too in the process. Oh, that's, that's amazing. And when we need to, you know, put a sword in the, I, we do a thorough inspection as a differentiator. I think that's like, that's yeah. the basic first step most new inspectors go to. So for anyone watching, if your mind goes to that first, uh, maybe you have advice for people that when they think of differentiators, um, you know, when new inspectors don't know what they don't know. So it's not a knock. It's more of what's your advice to go deeper than, well, I'm going to do a thorough inspection and I'm going to be good at customer service. Because to me, that's like table stakes, right? That's yeah. like, that's like your buy-in. Yeah. Everybody kind of thinks that they do a thorough inspection, you know, for mm -hmm. the most part. I mean, there may be some people out there that don't, <laughs> uh, <laughs> right. I don't know. Throw I mean, those out. Yeah. 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 I, I think that, um, again, developing your business to where you can identify that stuff is the first step. Like we need to figure out what is going to set us apart. So either doing maybe a comparative market analysis where you call other inspectors is mm -hmm. uh, kind of like a blind like test, yeah. you know, I mean, we do that periodically just so that we can make sure that we're in the same ballpark as far as pricing goes, but listen to their presentations, you know, how are they packaging things up? Are they offering packages? You know, that type of stuff. Um, getting to know what the competition, that was my big thing that I did when I worked with my dad is I always just, I plowed websites. I wanted to know what the next guy was offering yeah. so that we could either offer that ourselves or have a comeback for like why we don't offer it, you know, or like yeah. we offer this better thing. So I think from like a technical side of things, like that's always helpful because when, when you're just starting out, like it is all about the technicality. Like you want to do a good job so that you get referred. Um, I think that that's probably the biggest thing is just really just working on your business to know what's different about your business. And then even, you know, to separate yourself out in, in the business, like, are you going to be position yourself as a cheap inspector that can do a lot of inspections? You're, you're more interested in volume and a lower cost, or do you want to be the most expensive company in the area? Like uh, Ruben, you know, from um, NIB, he's, he comes out and says, I am the most ins expensive inspector in the state. 
and you know, like, and that's all good. And we need, we need both sides and we need people in the middle. And so again, just developing your business to enough to where you can identify what you want to do and then just pounding that in the marketing. Um, and you may have to offer things that you don't charge for to separate yourself out or, you know, Hey, I'll throw this in for free or, you know, whatever. Um, but again, it's everybody's individual taste on what they want to present, you know, from that standpoint, you got to know what you, what's, what to offer. That's great advice. Um, that I think that gives points people in the right direction without saying, Hey, there's a formula here, you know, like one plus two equals three. Um, last question. I want to be mindful of your time here. I know we're coming up on an hour. What, what is your end game with, uh, with CFBI and these other businesses? Yeah. So with CFBI, I, I mean, the biggest thing that I've found too, through this process of growing it is like, we can provide a, a, a very good income for inspectors, you know, and like, I get a lot of value out of knowing that these guys are working real hard for their money, but they're able to provide for their families and go home and have a nice family life. And they're, you know, hopefully not too stressed out from their jobs, but you know, like, creating a work environment that will foster growth in their own house and their own selves and like helping people out. So that's like been a huge eye opener to me. It's not just about bringing in money. It's about helping others get what they want too. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's been a big thing for me. Um, with my other company, I, I want to take my home inspection company to a level to where I'm satisfied financially, you know, where I've got some internal goals and personal goals where I, you know, I have certain work requirements and goals that I, I want to be in this company. Um, same thing with my other company. I haven't developed it out yet, but because I've been through this process with this company, I know exactly what to do. It's just carving out the time to do it and getting the right people in the right seat. Um, but I think for a lot of people, right, like our a goal is to make money without having to work as much. I mean, yeah. it sounds kind of superficial, but I mean, ultimately like who, you know, even the doctors in in the world, they're capped out at what they can do, right? Like they're in the office, they're treating patients and they can only do so much. And so if we can create these um, platforms of business where we can make money without having to be so engulfed in them, that's my goal. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And just being able to provide leadership to our leadership team and and kind of trickle down. And and that's really where I want to take these things. Um, but with my mold company, I need a little bit more work. Um, mm-hmm. I've been able to develop it, uh, you know, really well. Um, I actually brought it over to Spectora at the end of last year too, because I was working in the same old school software that I used for my home inspections back in the day. And I brought it over to Spectora and again, just night and day, I've always signed up for the, uh, the, uh, Spectora advanced, you know, mm-hmm. keep track of all our metrics. I mean, just all that stuff's been such a game changer and I can look at the company as a whole instead of just going day to day and not having any awareness as far as like, how are we doing? How are we doing against other companies? You know, is it, are we doing good? Like I'm getting into all these things like market share, you know, like just all the stuff that I had no yeah. clue was available. Like I'm checking how many pendings are going up versus how many inspections we're doing. And can we expand into this market? Is it a good market to expand to? So just, I I'm getting off on all that stuff now. Like I really like it. Yeah. you know, and it's, it's where my 20% is and I'm trying to divvy up the, the rest of it to, to my team so that we can really just keep going in the right direction and giving a, a great life to everybody that's, that's on board with us. Sounds like all the right places to spend time. I love how you mentioned that, um, like kind of like the lifetime annuity. Cause I think acquisitions tough in our, in our industry, just, it doesn't happen a ton and there's no, it's not like past where there's recurring revenue, right? Where it's like yeah. contracts locked in, very predictable. It's all based on relationships which is kind of like recurring, but it, you know, agent turnover makes it tough. And so I love the idea of, yeah, these companies that can feed you and kind of be your retirement plan in the sense that you should be entitled to that because you're putting in all the hard work right now, you know? And so I think having that vision helps people manage their business a little differently as opposed to you retire when you're 55 and then you just do something else and you don't get paid for all this work that we're doing. Yeah. I'm not counting on social security. I don't, I don't know. Maybe it'll be there or not, but I'm not counting on it personally. So me either. Me either. Um, well, Hey, any, anything else you wanted to chat about or kind of get out there? You, I know you have so much in your brain and you know, you're such a, a a superstar in this industry and up and coming, um, you know, you'll be an enterprise group soon enough. I believe if you're not there. Um, but yeah, Yeah. what else is on your mind or what else is going on in the industry that you want to chat about before we get out of here? Yeah, I don't, I don't really have too much. I, we covered a lot of stuff. I mean, honestly, I, I just, I want to thank you for all that you guys do. And I know, um, 
you know, when things happen in your industry, you guys get beat up a little bit on message boards and all that stuff. But I just want to know that, let you know that there are people out there that are rooting for you and that believe in you guys and believe that you're not trying to, you know, uh, take all our money and not give us the greatest service. And so like just uh, uh, appreciation for you, for all that you guys do as a team, um, your whole team is amazing. And so one of the big things that I found with you guys, I, I started listening to your podcast when it first came out before I had switched over to Spectora. And so by listening to other inspectors that were using you guys and just the difference that it made, it pushed me in that direction to come aboard. And I am, I am your biggest fan. Like I will tell everybody about you guys. So I just want to say, keep on doing what you guys are doing. Um, you guys are amazing and you guys uh, have changed our lives from a, a business standpoint. Um, but yeah, from, from my standpoint, you know, we're, um, we're always hiring, always looking for great talent. So if you're in the central Florida area and you know, you think you may be a good member of our team, uh, we've got avenues to apply for jobs. Um, so I think that's been, that's probably the, the biggest thing that I just wanted to get across is thank you. And, uh, you know, if anybody is interested in, in checking us out, our website, cfbinspect.com. So like central Florida building inspect.com. And then my other company is uh, moldinspect.org and it's Elite Mold Services. So again, anybody that's talented, uh, we love talking to people and just seeing if it would be a good fit for our team. Right on. Yeah, we got listeners in Florida. So I'll link to both of those in the description cool. um, so people can find them. And thank you so much for those words. I'll pass along to our team. Um, yeah. Like you said, we hire good people that work hard and, and show up every day and try and do the right things. And that's, a, yeah. that's, that's winning, right? That's all we yeah. can do. Absolutely, man. Yeah, this has been fun. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for taking time. This is gonna be a great one. I think we have a little bit in here for everybody. Um, and I'm sure the IEB crew will love it. So yeah, awesome. All right, we'll keep cranking. Um, yeah. Thanks for taking the time and we'll talk soon. Cool, thanks. Hopefully we'll see each other at IEB event in person at some yeah. 2021. Oh man, be nice. Yeah, hopefully things clear up. I'm like craving an in-person conference and event. <laughs> and I know it's not gonna happen soon, but yeah. We'll see. Know, the Zoom the Zoom conferences are great, but uh, they're just not the same. It's, we can't cold plunge or go on a jog at five in the morning. <laughs> we can't do those things. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll keep our fingers crossed. All right. Wear our masks. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Have All a good right. One. Have a good Bye. one. Take care.